0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hey ladies, it's Angela Yee. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. Are you tired of trying new hair remedies and TikTok recipes only to keep seeing excessive shedding and breakage? Say goodbye to the struggle and hello to Mayelle's incredible Sea Moss collection. Superfood for your hair and scalp. Packed with 90% of the essential minerals your hair needs, this collection is a game changer. Experience maximum hair retention for all hair types. Embrace the beauty of healthy, nourished hair with Mayel's Seamoss Collection because your hair deserves liberation. From one queen to another, shop at Mayel.com, Walmart, or your local beauty store.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: Laundry? Ooh, a book club!
3: Chumba.
0: Chumbacasino.com. necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website
1: for details. Hey ladies, it's Angela Yee. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. The RTP Heart Health Squad will support you in protecting your mental health and overall well-being. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 black women to learn more about their heart Heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. Opportunity is not equally distributed to every single black entrepreneur listening. I want to make sure that you have the tools and resources you need to grab your next opportunity. That's why I'm telling you about the one million black businesses initiative. The one million black businesses initiative is an award winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field from free business coaching to tailored training and an extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10 year multi-million dollar commitment to the program and it's working. The initiative already started, supported and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans. Hey, to apparel business owners love this program. Simone Hart founder of SC creative group says the 1 million black businesses experience for me was like any other program I've been a part of primarily because it was for us and it was by us from my own experience I know how difficult it is to get funding and to get the support that I need that's why I'm always intentional about supporting black entrepreneurship and I have personally seen the benefits of Shopify's program chart your own path for business success with the 1 million black businesses initiative and Shopify Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive 120-day free trial at shopify.com slash 1MBB. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash 1MBB. Shopify.com slash 1MBB. Way up. What's up? It's Way Up with Angela Yee. I'm Angela Yee, and it is a Wealth Wednesday, so my Wealth Wednesday partner, Stacey Tisdale, is here.
2: I don't have much to say because I'm sitting next to someone who makes mean, nervous is one of my favorite actors. <laughs> and Angela Yee says you Tisdale. It's people, incredible. I'm, I'm,
3: believe... I'm way up. I'm Hill way up. Phil Harper! Yeah. Harper's Woo! in the house. What's happening? Phil is in the house. I and whenever I go on the radio, I just drop my octaves a few because I just want to sound like it's a velvety, smooth radio sound. <laughs> I'm you not gonna be able to say it. anything. And it's so funny
1: because right now, what well, we're not focused so much on the acting career as we yes. are on this new career. Yes. Um that you've embarked upon. But just for people who are listening you know him from The Good Doctor from CSI New York and the movie had, was it Had Plenty?
3: Had Plenty had Love plenty. 40 Baby that's Shout the line people, that's that's the line people say and then they <laughs> on the in too deep they tell me I say a line called you ain't no cop Jay Reed yeah, right. and, then, <laughs> and then the line they say back to me on He Got Game is I, I said my character said I feel like I'm handsome when I'm on the court that's See, what he said So classic these movies. little lines yeah these classic classic, movie classic
1: lines. lines but this next thing is not acting okay this is real mm-hmm. life you're actually running for Michigan Senate.
3: Well, United States Senate 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 from from Michigan. Michigan, Yes. yes, Yes.
1: United States Senate from Michigan. How many um, senators are black, by the way,
3: in Michigan? In Michigan? (laughs) There's never been a black U.S. senator from Michigan. There's only been, and listen to this, y'all, there's only been 11 Mm -hmm. black U.S. senators in the history of this country. That means, just for you math geniuses out there, there's been a higher percentage of black U.S. presidents, 2.2%, than U.S., black U.S. senators, 0.5%. That's crazy. Detroit's
2: got the biggest black population of any city and they yes. have no representation in Congress
3: at all. No, no, this for the first time in 57 years Michigan does not have a black democratic representative in Congress. It is crazy and I, you know if folks folks have heard that line make America great again. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they were talking about. In other words, taking us back to a right. time when we didn't have representation and so it was great for them. It was great for them. <laughs> back when it was g- yeah, real exactly. good. Real good. <laughs> they didn't have to see us except we were walking up sa- serving food and walking back up the back stairs and staying in the servants quarters. Okay. So the point is, is that we need and and, and I can't I can't overemphasize, you know, what Shirley Chisholm said. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a seat at the table, then you're on the menu. Right. And we need representation. We need representation federally, and 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 this to me, Michigan is a bellwether. It is a it, it's the line in the sand. We got to grab it back, and that's why running for U.S. Senate is a, such a huge deal. But but that's why I need everybody's support.
1: And Shirley Chisholm also told us to bring our folding chairs. You know what happens when we get a folding chair? Yeah, okay? there, there you go. There you go. <laughs> How much of a factor did that
2: play in your decision to run?
3: You know it. it, it that was a huge factor from the energy of people in Michigan and in and, and Detroit. My house, I live in Detroit, and, and, and there's um, there's a palpable energy there, because I'm telling you, it's the greatest people in the world are in mm-hmm. Detroit, and that's why I moved there. I moved there seven years ago, because I'd met so many wonderful people, and I was like, when I have kids, um, I want to raise my kids here, because I want them to turn out like the people here, not necessarily like the people in Hollywood or other places I've lived and And, um, and my son's seven years old, and, and we've been there. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, is that folks have worked so hard. There's so much grit, there's so much love, there's so much just good people, but you need to marry that with power. You need to marry that with representation. You need to marry that with federal funds because, unfortunately, when you drive around many communities, not in Michigan, and I'm sure there are plenty of cities like this. I mean, where are we talking about Baltimore? where are we talking about Newark? Where are we talking about different places all over the country? You drive around Detroit, Flint, Saginaw, Benton Harbor, uh, Muskegon Heights. You see empty lots, bombed-out buildings, mm-hmm. a liquor store where people are on SNAP assistance. They can only go there buy buy something through three inches of plexi. They can only get Funyuns, Fago, or Verner's. And 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 where's the fresh produce? It's not there. Um, how do people eat healthy? Where's the where where's the funding for the public education in schools? Schools have windows falling off the walls, yeah. all sorts of things. We have to solve these problems, and the only way we solve them is through representation.
1: And I want to be clear, aside from your background that we talked about in acting, but you also have for decades been doing this work, as yes. far as even with the books that you've written. Yes. You know, uh, Black Wall Street. Uh, that yes. you've done. Yes. I want to make sure we talk about those then because this isn't just something that's like, I want to run for U.S. Senate. But this is the work that you've been talking about. An this is not anything that my
3: activism and that work, mm-hmm. without question. And and my whole thing was, when I, when I went to Harvard Law School and I went to the Kennedy School of Government, I always knew that public service was important. But I also knew that I, there were people like Harry Belafonte that I love and was inspired mm-hmm. by. And I was like, well... I, I want to be an I want to be like him, an activist, but also using the characters and the and the artistry to create positive social change. But but the world has changed. We all know this. The world has changed since I started my career. And where it's changed is I believe there's really two verticals of real change that we can make: technology mm-hmm. and politically right now. And if we don't have representation politically, in other words, the, the easiest way to say it, if we aren't like my grandmama used to say. Baby, follow the money. (laughs) If we aren't actually advocating to make sure resources, federal resources, go to marginalized communities and communities that lack agency and voice, right now our federal government is dominated by lobbyists, big corporate interests, and special interests, all of them funded by outside money. And and that's where the resources are going. And you know, the, the single mom at the corner of Mack and Drexel in, in Detroit does not have a lobbyist in Washington. But that should not be the requirement right. for her to get her services. So we need people in place and in an office that will fight for her.
2: Neither party's talking about what's really happened in the black economy since COVID. You really saw. We we all know our story, and it's always being told as we're the bottom, we're lack, we're yep. this, we're that. Yep. But since COVID, we really stepped away from the traditional financial system and really embraced the digital economy because the technology made us have accessible entry points to investing. So you have like the last three years, the largest number of first time investors to the stock market are black. 40% of all the cryptocurrencies in the world are owned by people of color. No one's talking about this on in either party how things like okay so we should be giving Wi-Fi to everybody we should be closing the digital divide we're not having like a modern economic conversation about our community
3: yes and and what's what I love about that Stacey is that what you're really talking about is breaking down barriers to entry into participation and Mm -hmm. so what the token economy does and token ownership and, and 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 the gig economy it allows people to participate in a different way. That's why I'm a huge proponent, for instance, of the tokenization of real estate assets because of there have been so many historic barriers to entry of us owning property. Angela, I know you got the beautiful 30-unit building in Detroit. <laughs> so proud of you for that what you That was you're hard doing. to get, though. I, I, exactly. exactly. I so it wasn't easy. I have that. amazing...
1: I worked really hard to build up my credit to get to that point, but even then... Even then. It wasn't easy for me to... It took me literally like a year to be able to close that deal.
3: Less than 1% of all lending from our major... Banks in this country go to people of color. I had to black go to a folks. small bank. There you go. And
1: I wasn't able to go to a major bank to be able to fund that.
3: Sixty percent of the lending from MDIs, Minority Depository Institutions, or you can just call it black banks, go to people in the community. So therefore, it doesn't take a genius to say if you want to see more lending in our community, we have to undergird and reinforce the power of our MDIs. And 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 where's the federal government playing that? We just we just saw the federal government spend trillions of dollars bailing out banks. Mm-hmm. A, a very small fraction of that could go to undergird MDIs and we could see increased lending. We need, there's so many young entrepreneurs that would love to solve the food desert problem. I, I, I don't even call it food desert. I call it food apartheid because deserts are naturally occurring systems. Apartheid is systemic and purposeful. And what we're seeing is we, to solve many of these problems, um, we need funding. We need lending. And, and, and it, But, but the, what's crazy about it is, it's your money, and this is why I keep saying, <laughs> your money, your choice. It's not like the federal government is giving you they're just deciding where, where it goes. Going. The money they're is allocating. there. The allocation and how it's being decided is who's in the room handing legislation to the to, to the, the legislators, right?
1: And this is a new space for you, um, Mr. Hill Harper, running for U.S. Senate in Michigan. And I need y'all's help. And so I want to ask you, what are some things that you've learned? Because we talked about uh, finances quite a bit. And for you to even run this campaign and- Because some people might feel like, okay, we've seen people with who are billionaires, you know, run for office and they're able to just kind of I don't know how much of your own money that you can use, but you really do need to raise money from the average everyday person. Let's talk about that whole battle.
3: You know, what's what's crazy is one of the first things I want to do when I get elected is to pull money out of politics, because we we just talked about tokenization brings barriers down. What what I've learned since I've gotten into this is that what the incumbents have done and this is both parties. Right. They love power. And so what they've done is they've erected all these barriers to competition so that that's why you see elected officials in office forever falling asleep, uh, you know, at the mic because you cannot beat an incumbent because of all the structural and systemic barriers they've created. And the biggest one, y'all, is money. You can run as long as you want as a candidate, which is shouldn't be the case. I don't think any election should be longer than six months except for the presidency because there's multiple primaries. And number one, you should only be able to raise 100000 with maybe a $100,000 public match. So that's $200,000. And other than that, you have to organize, get volunteers to do the same. Mm-hmm. But now, what the person I'm mainly running against in the primary, they're predicting that she'll raise 30 to $40 million. And that's
1: slack, Ken? Uh,
3: y- yes. Okay. 30 to $40 million. And The point is, is that I need to raise the money through small dollar donations, individuals that like folks that are listening right now. You know, you can go to hillhopper.com and and, and get on there, please, because one dollar makes a difference. Two dollars. I'm not going to raise anywhere near that. But I don't think and my team doesn't think I need to raise that kind of money Mm because we got the people. Right, right, but but we still need the infrastructure to run a statewide eighty three county race. That means hire people to do outreach. That means being able to place ads when they when they yeah, show negative ads. Those ads cost some money. Those ads are expensive. The other thing
1: I was going to say about you and we had a conversation um, because I did have the opportunity to sit sit down with Hill Harper That's once right. he announced that he was running. We were like, the problem with Hill Harper is. That he thinks he can just win this because he has great ideas and he's too nice. And there's a lot of mudslinging that goes on oh, it's horrible. when it comes to politics that I feel like even you, until you got into it, weren't prepared for. I it. was
3: I was not because I didn't realize that people will lie with impunity. I mean, from the second that I launched, there were six, seven lies, people tweeting. And then also they they hire people to just do yeah. lying tweets to come after you. They just placed two negative ads about me. I mean, two negative articles about me. I saw that those are ridic- just ridiculous. now. Just
1: now. So one of them was about Toyota, and they said you were, um, you know, I saw you with the union, with exactly. UAW, and then they said that you were a spokesperson for Toyota.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like I was anti-union. This is like 13 years ago. I'm working as an actor, just trying to get a gig. I do a I yeah, do a voice commercial over. Do an and voiceover yeah. yeah. thing. Not so for, they not anticipating. Yeah. In 13 years, years, I'm running for yeah, yeah. But the thing is, what's crazy about yeah. it? That was a union job. Right. So if we, okay. we're really going to tell the truth, I'm part of the union. I'm on strike right now, and I'm supportive. I'm if I'm elected to the U.S. Senate, I will be the only current union member in the United States Senate. Wow. And that's crazy. We 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 say it's a representative democracy, but it's not. And that's why we talk about, they've used money and power as a cutoff to being a real true democracy. And what we have to do is start pulling it out, not to mention all the dark money, Mm -hmm. the ability to run all these negative ads, people who are spending millions and millions of dollars with unknown money to influence the outcome of elections. And that's where, that's where it gets really crazy. That's Citizens United and the ability of corporations to give. Corporations are not people, y'all. And we have to remember that. And they should not be participating in our political process. And, and, and I promise you, there's going to be tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars spent to try to make sure I don't get elected. Right. Because they know I don't owe any of these people any favors.
1: Right. People are paying for these favors. And the other article I just saw was Wells Fargo. And I want to make sure you address these things head on because it
3: just came out. It just came. It just came out. And so um, I judged an HBCU pitch competition down in North Carolina recently for Wells. Wells Fargo sponsored this pitch competition. And I thought it was a fantastic thing, right? And and, and it is a fantastic and Bishop thing. T. D. Brought, we, Far- and Bishop T.D. <laughs> Jakes is working with Wells Fargo. Bishop T.D. Jakes is working with Wells Fargo, and I did something at his leadership conference. I signed books at their thing. I there's an amazing black female executive, uh, who I love there, who's my dear friend named Gigi Dixon, mm-hmm. who who has just d- done so much work to to bring resources to HBCUs and all of this, and uh, and and so what they do though is they'll take headline, and they'll try to basically pay to place it and, and say, oh... Bill Harper claims he's progressive. Wells Fargo has done X in the community and not given loans, so therefore, is he really? Because he's is he a tool for Wells Fargo? Whatever. And
1: a lot Fargo. of people will just read, just read a headline and be like, "Oh well, I you know he's doing this and he's doing that yeah. and he's a hypocrite." They, but that's what it is: is people don't dive deeper into it. So that's why I want to make sure we hear from you firsthand. Yeah. And
3: and, and my my whole thing we didn't is- even
1: discuss this in advance, but I saw this right before you walked in, and I was like, I'm definitely asking him. because Absolutely.
3: I because here's the thing. Is that I have no problem people checking my receipts Mm -hmm. because I know I've always fought for my community and I've always done it. And the thing is, I'm not going to do anything that is runs counter to what I believe is the best thing for folks in communities that have been historically ignored. And I believe that pitch competition is an example, bringing HBCU students from all across the country to pitch entrepreneur ideas. At the end of the day, y'all, let, let's cut through. <laughs> let's cut through everything and right. break everything down to one thing. If we don't have jobs, if we don't have entrepreneurs, if we don't have economic development, then our communities are going to continue to atrophy and choke. So let's. We can talk about politics. We can talk about if someone's this, if someone's that. At the end of the day, it's the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington, and they leave off the most important part of that title because it was called the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. Correct.
2: In that same vein, um, the day before he was assassinated, uh, the, d- the day after he was assassinated, Dr. King was going to start the Poor People's Campaign and focus on economic rights. And there's, um, we always try to address with Wealth Wednesdays there's a real confidence gap in our community. If you look at the buying power of blacks, if you look at Nielsen Research found that black households in the United States earning 75000 or more are the fastest-growing income group. Mm. If we came together and brought our dollars together, that affects real change. Yes. What comes to mind immediately is um, a long time ago, uh, Dodd-Frank legislation to try to get the big banks to lower their fees. This was in Congress for ever going back and forth. And then a girl started a social media campaign and said, this Saturday, everybody pull your money out of big banks and put them into community, small banks, what have you. And she was able to get a lot of people to do that, and the banks dropped their fees the following week. The people have the power. Yes. Uh, like, we, have, we do have economic power. And who's going to be the person to motivate us? Like, a, a GameStop, for example. Uh, you know, a social yes. media campaign move the whole market. if We collectively pull, bring our economic power together. But, but, but it, it,
3: it's a wonderful point. But we've been convinced, unfortunately... That we don't,
2: right? Confidence gap.
3: It's that confidence gap, yeah. and, and, and 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 the thing is, though, I I don't actually blame folks that have checked out, that have said, "Man, yeah. I don't, I don't even vote." Mm-hmm. I don't blame that. I I'll tell you this: I can't win this Democratic primary if I don't get a huge amount of people who, who normally, don't normally don't vote, vote in agree. a primary to vote. Mm-hmm. So, and but I don't blame them. It's just that they've never gotten a return for their investment of their vote. So they say, why should I do it? Because every time somebody gets elected, it doesn't matter who it is, I just I get nothing. Right. In fact, sometimes it gets worse. And so I think the government's actually trying to hurt me, not help me. So why should I even participate in that system? And what we have to be able to do, and this is why our mantra on this campaign is believe in better, we got to get people to believe first. And that's why I love when I saw, I saw Deion Sanders with a hoodie on that said <laughs> believe, because he's the, he's the model of that. He just went to a program that barely ever had a history of winning. And if we think about our community as the analogy, we haven't had a history of, of economic prosperity historically, except for when we had a high union membership in our communities, very uh, of, in communities, for instance, in Detroit that were very prosperous. We had high union members. That's an example of it, Collective bargaining and the collective point that you're making, Stacey, it's because at the end of the day, if we collaborate, we can do anything. We have the power. The power is the people, but people need to do it collectively and in partnership and and go together. The other thing we need to do is defend each other voraciously. What we've had historically is we've let people get out there. Like, for instance, you know, I'm out here. I'm out here on my own. Mm -hmm. And they're going to keep taking pot shots with these misinformed articles and headlines and people have to defend me right you know mm. just there, there's there's somebody out there with 91 criminal indictments federal and state and they are literally protesting <laughs> for this person right Whereas sometimes yeah. in our community you get one bad headline they're like i'm glad i'm not with him <laughs> <I'm> i can't <laughs> not. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh my goodness in, i'm not in that it's too hot for me no, no. we have to protect each other more because they're always going to be able to take us out if we're individuals but if we're collective, they can't take the power us all. that
1: we have with that. Yeah, and yeah. so, along those lines, let's talk about some solution-oriented things. Hey, ladies, it's Angela Yi. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us as women. We put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. The RTP Heart Health Squad will support you in protecting your mental health and overall well-being. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day. And here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? That's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology leads you to a pot of gold of top talent. Right after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology starts showing you the qualified candidates. Then you can review the list of the most qualified candidates for your job and invite your top choices to apply. It's easy and they're more likely to apply sooner. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ziprecruiter.com slash way up. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
0: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury and what
1: you think um, the United States needs, what Michigan needs, right? Because I feel like we want to make sure that people do feel like, who normally don't vote, well, what's in it for me? Or what are some things that I can look forward to? What matters to me if Hill Harper gets elected? And this is why I want to make sure that I do my part. So let's talk about some of the solutions that you have, or some of the things that you feel like we need.
3: Let's break a couple things down. And so you know, since since it's Wealth Wednesdays and we're talking about money, we just gave an example. I was at the corner of Owen and Oakland in Detroit. And, I, and coming off the freeway and I almost headed home and I was almost in tears because on the right side was this liquor store, on the left side was this boarded up buildings, on the other side was this a- empty lot where you know there was a commercial building that just got destroyed because it was dilapidated. What we need is funding into our community. Zero interest loans for entrepreneurs mm-hmm. who want to start businesses. We know that the first three years of any new business is the most vulnerable and and if we're, if we're willing to spend trillions of dollars to bail out banks, bail out different co- massive companies, for a pittance of that, we could be offering zero interest loans right. or underwritten loans for local nonprofits as well as local entrepreneurs and businesses in communities. The strength of our economy are small businesses because people hire people locally. So if we want to create jobs in communities, it doesn't it's not like rocket science. You need to have functioning communities where there's a, a grocery store and then there's a liquor store, too, right? But not just the liquor just store. The, and the, not minimum, just the and minimum wage is also an issue. The minimum wage is an issue. I've been uh, a huge proponent of raising minimum wage. There's a, a, a an organization and a movement um, that I've been a part of for for a very long time. That's all about living wage and raising minimum. I'm a small business owner myself, so mm-hmm. I own a coffee shop roasting in downtown plan. the Roasting mm-hmm. Plan, downtown Detroit. And so, what we our goal has always been th- to make sure the young people or whoever's working there are paid paid a level. that that matches a living wage. So you take what they get paid, then hopefully you know people are nice. Whenever you go to a roasting plant, please tip your baristas. <laughs> and then the combination of that, what they're earning on an hourly basis, is a living wage. Right. And that's what we have to do for people. There's an organization called One Fair Wage that I've been an ambassador for since 2016 that's all about raising the minimum wage and making sure that people get paid paid a living wage. So let's also talk about Voting Rights Act. The John Lewis Voting Rights Act um, and John Lewis Voting Rights and Advancement Act has not been able to pass through the Senate, and we have to get that passed because what you're seeing around the country is all of these state legislators that have an interest to to quell people's power and democracy, gerrymandering and redistricting and doing all these things to restrict voting rights. We got to we got to get that. The Triple Blue leadership in in, in the state of Michigan has actually done a great job within the state. We have great voting rights. Right. 40 days absentee, 9 days early voting, same day registration. That should be replicable federally and mandated. I believe those types of things. The other thing is the PRO Act, again, allowing unions to organize, allowing the National Labor Relations Board to actually inst- institute penalties on companies that try to crush unions. We're down to 6% union membership in the private sector. We need to undergird that. And so, when we t- environmental protection, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. We have to protect our resources. It's Usually, marginalized communities get hit the worst Absolutely. by bad environment, pollution, air pollution, lead, clean water, water clean water. We know f- <laughs> the story about Flint, uh-huh. and then women's reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to codify that, uh, you know. And we can listen. We can go on. We and can on. go on and on
2: Things like women's reproductive rights—they, you know, obviously hit our community disproportionately. B- yes. Um, interesting research at the University of Texas that raising the minimum wage is something we should do morally integrity. As far as financially. Things like extending the child tax credit. Yes. Uh, st- we have a big change coming with student loan loans, yeah. Yes. They Those have will have a, a tremendous 1? impact. Yes. Mm-hmm. September 30th, at the fr- uh, midnight, the freeze is over. Talk to us a little bit about that, particularly <laughs> Listen, student loan student
3: loan, loan debt relief is something that's a major issue for me. 66% of black wealth goes to paying down student loan debt. I mean, it's a massive hit that nobody talks about, particularly for our community. But beyond that, we're saddling young people with a cost of something that has almost... 20x outpaced inflation over the course of, of just a huge number of years and young people are who we have to invest in so they can then create the new businesses the future etc yet we're we're selling them with this debt it's not fair I'm a huge proponent of free and quality pre-k through 16. see college at you know education whether it's trade high skill trade after high school is the new high school mm-hmm. meaning we you know it's not a people think oh uh, K through 12, well, that you should be able to get that for free in a quality way. People think that – no, it should be pre-K through 16. Mm-hmm. That's where we are. We know that every dollar invested in pre-K pays you back $8 later on in all sorts of wonderful ways, including not having to uh, 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 incarcerate someone, um, actually allowing them to, to, to be a productive citizen where they pay taxes – give me any other investment that pays you bad 8x you know and I'm, I'm with it right now so why aren't we investing in that way right we're not because again those pre-k students do not have lobbyists in Washington right and so we have to be thinking about it student loan debt relief is just a, a sticking your toe in it but it's a huge piece for me um People need to be able to go to college or community college or high skilled trade for free. We need to invest in those people. The money is there, you all. It is there. It's just being spent in a different way.
1: Sheesh. I see a lot of people, too, because I was looking before you came up here, and they're like, oh, Hill Harper just wants free everything, and that's his whole thing. Just give it away for free. And I see people also saying, okay, well, how – so you think for college it should be community colleges and – um, state colleges, that should be for your.
3: You should, yeah, yeah, okay. So but private universities l- Let me, let me still, give you, okay. let me give you an example of, of mich- sure mich- clarify. Michigan, Michigan mm-hmm. specifically. So there's a huge talent drain in Michigan. There's, mm-hmm. there's over 70 colleges, universities, things in Michigan. Some of them are the tops in the country, fantastic. Yet, all, uh, many, many, many of the top graduates in the state leave, okay? And so, how do you incentivize them to stay? Mm-hmm. This is this is a way okay. you solve two problems at once. This is about efficient government because because I'll respond to what people say. Hill wants to give stuff away for free. No, no, no. It's not giving stuff away for free. It's about being efficient. Here's an example. Oh, you go to the University of Michigan, you do great, you graduate. It's free mm-hmm. if you stay. Now, if you if you're like LeBron, you take your talents to South Beach or you go to Chicago, Austin, L.A., Philadelphia, wherever, then you're gonna have to pay the state and the federal government back for okay. subsidizing your education because you decided to take it somewhere else. Okay. And and But if you stay and you work there, you start paying taxes there, or better yet, create a new business and create jobs, all of those, all of the above. So you're creating the right incentives. That's what government should Government should do two things at once. It should be a safety net for folks. That's why we need universal health care mm-hmm. as a safety net. The number one cause of personal bankruptcies today is catastrophic medical, whether mm-hmm. it's an injury or catastrophic health crisis. We need that safety net there. So it's not. We're paying 15x for a vial of insulin than Canada. You, it, people are choosing between prescription medicine and paying their mortgage. So that has to stop. It has to be more efficient. So so government needs to be a safety net. We need to provide quality public education. So right. every kid has a right to read.
1: And we talked about financial literacy before this yes. interview started yes. and how Michigan they is just, actually yeah. making it they a just, requirement. It
2: was one of the, I think it was, became the 14th state to yes. make financial education a requirement. And finance isn't new to you you've been in the financial space you've done trying to do a lot about financial empowerment so talk to us about our financial financial
3: literacy is critical particularly in this day and time when money moves in a completely different and in many ways unseen way and you can end up rolling up so much debt so quickly in a way that you wouldn't even know but I I, want to take a step back I'm I'm, you know it, it having financial literacy curricula is great but if the kids can't read, it doesn't do you much good. Mm-hmm. And right now we're in a situation with our public education system that the incentives and the way it's structured is way off. In other words, a lot of the teachers that have been that, that, and, and, and administrators that have been helping me with my campaign keep talking about a lot of these core curricular requirements and getting – there's a documentary out there called The Right to Read that my campaign is is is, is, is getting behind trying to get people to, to see it because at the end of the day, um, they're – There's an incentive-based model that is a core curriculum model that they end up passing kids along because they say, who can't read, Mm -hmm. who they say, if we don't pass this number along, they're going to take funding away from us, which is the exact opposite of what we should be doing. Underperforming schools should be getting more resources. Okay, and so, so the point is, is that the structure and the incentives have to that be is so opposite, good, is so opposite what of what happens. it should be done. Right. Exactly. And so, until we actually codify a right to read, um, you know, the financial literacy piece is important because we need financial literacy. That's going to impact you the rest of your life. But if the undergirds, if the foundational elements still aren't there, right. it's still a shaky house. And so, we have to undergird these fi- these real. Foundational elements, in my opinion, and that's what it is. And to address that point, um, I really think that if we actually created more efficiencies governmentally, we could lower the tax base and still achieve the things I'm talking about Mm -hmm. because we got to talk about the amount of waste and where the money goes. Okay, (laughs) it gets sucked up in so many ways. When you're talking about $400 hammers in the military, because we We've gotten to a point with many of our structures Mm -hmm. that we just rubber stamp things, and rather than really pulling back the curtain and saying, what's really going on? Where's this money going? Because remember, y'all, it's your money. It's your money, and it should be your choice. And we have the technology, to your earlier point, Stacey, we have the technology now. Why can't government introduce technology that allows people to create and see much more transparency, The technology exists, yet it's not there? We would solve a couple problems with that. Number one, we'd have significant more government trust. Government trust is foundational to an operating democracy. If we started pulling back the veil, if you started to see exactly where the money you put in and where it's going, and you could actually Participate in saying, you know what? Maybe I don't want all that. This is a how many of, of the dollars I put in? Yeah. They're going to this. I'm paying my taxes. I don't want exactly. them to go to that. Well, that Confederate would be flags to, to went. Really <laughs> your money, your choice. But you can't see it right now. But you should be able to see it.
2: And to see outcomes at, um, after COVID, and the government created all of those programs to support and um, particularly the program to feed children, to make sure that all children got breakfast and types of things. And now we're seeing those repealed. Yes. That I mean it was right there that was having be- leading to better educational outcomes. it yes. was leading to everything it, it really sorry. was making those connections and holding their politicians accountable. And what
3: about pulling money away from arts funding? I mean, you know, we, we all know that in, in an idea economy, being able to learn about arts, uh, uh, being able to learn music, all of these different things that create different pathways, the funding has has, 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 has disappeared out of that. And watch this. The other piece is, is that federal government funding running through the states is a, is a question mark, too, that we need to start pulling the mm-hmm. onion back on. For instance, um, I'm big into solving the affordable housing crisis. I right. was talking to somebody who was doing affordable housing, and he was making the point that he just did something in Pontiac, Michigan, that cost $40 million. And he said, if it wasn't for all the government red tape to do affordable housing, it could have cost anywhere between 17 and 20 meaning I mean, I could, he could have built two wow. of right. the same he thing. He wow. exactly. can't, can't even afford to build affordable housing. Exactly. He can't even afford to build affordable housing. That's exactly right. Because he was saying the way, it's, the way it's structured is that he has to go out and take the tax credit, go out and hire all these you know deal makers to go out then and sell the tax credit at a discount, because it's not worth dollar for dollar to somebody who's buying it and then sells it takes that to then create a deal where he uses that money after selling the tax credit for the down payment to get the loan to execute the thing obviously there's interest running on the loan if the government would just do a direct investment that's a 17 million dollar project that he could Put up.
1: And that's a crisis that we're definitely having right now. We're seeing, even talking about the millennials and how they're not going to be able to afford to buy houses right now because the interest rates are so high. Exactly. And there's not as much inventory on the market because people don't want to sell right now. That's right. It's a difficult time. Um, For you being a single dad, I want to know. How that also affects you and your aspirations. How old is your son now? He's seven. Seven years old. Yes. Yes. So I want to talk about how that played a role in you deciding that you wanted to actually run yeah, for senate.
3: It's been a big deal for me, and it's been the biggest thing that's 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 that that that's the reason why it took me so long to make the decision of whether I would do this or not. I'm just thinking about him as a single parent. Every any single parent that's listening, you know, I, your time is the most valuable thing you have, and 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 so I had to really think, is it more valuable uh, for my son to see me going for something that only 11 black folks in the history of this country have ever achieved, or me being able to tuck him into bed every single night and pick him up and drop him off at school? Because obviously if I'm running and I'm going all over the state, you know, I dropped him off at school this morning, and then I rushed to the airport to fly here to do this, you know, this yeah. sit down with you and do an event later and then and then I'm out tonight, back and I'm going to take him to school tomorrow morning and then I got to go somewhere else. And so, you know, it, 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 and that's why the launch video I did is called Dear Pierce mm-hmm. because it's a la- the video basically goes into the decision to run. And I hope anybody who's 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 listening watches that video because this is about uh us, any every single parent knows exactly what I'm talking about when you're making sacrifices. Because you're saying, what's going to be the best outcome? And I really believe that him going to picket lines with me, him seeing me work so hard to achieve something that the, the outcome is uncertain, that will... Be more valuable to him in the long run than in, than this, you know, in this period of time, and so and it's just a you know, listen, I'm running for office for the next you know year and change, right? If I'm if I'm fortunate enough that that folks help me get the Democratic nomination, and then the election, uh, the, the, that's in August, August sixth, and then the general election will be in November of next year. You know, th- this this kind of full time twenty four seven campaign thing is going to be temporary, but He's 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 getting to witness someone work extremely hard because the one thing I've always said about me is that I may not have the, as much money and resources as other folks, but nobody will ever outwork me. Right. No one's ever outworked me in my life in anything I've ever done. And, I just and want I to tell around.
1: you he pull, pulled up here alone. I, I was know. like, hey, who's with you so we can put them on the list? He's like, I'm solo dolo. <laughs> That's and right. I just wanted to, to tell, tell you I, get I was
2: Pierce. I grew up with a father who was a politician. Oh, wow. My father got the first. He was the first black to get the Democratic nomination for Congress in the state of Connecticut. Wow. And he um, ran the biggest anti-poverty agency in the state on a very high-profile uh, congressional campaign that caught President Carter's attention. Mm. And he made him the first black economic advisor. That's incredible. He struggled with everything that you were talking about and seeing everything that my father did and how authentically he that he wanted to Essentially, he was make the world a better place for me. Mm-hmm. Will mean everything. That's huge. To Pierce, that, I mean, it'll,
1: it'll mean everything to him.
3: And 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 to that point,
1: look at how great Stacy turned out too. I just to you're say. amazing,
3: <laughs> and 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 we're standing <laughs> on we're standing on those shoulders, and yeah. that's beautiful. And that's the one thing I say to everybody is that I promise you that if you support my campaign or are into to my campaign, I will. Your investment will pay you back. Because we need leadership that is new, that's not beholden, and and the fact that learning from folks that have come before us and having an opportunity in a 50-50 Senate context to be able to fight, that's what this moment's about. That's what this is about.
2: 50-50 is everything.
3: 50-50 is everything because then the party doesn't control. Right. The people, the individual. That's why you see Joe Manchin doing what he's been able to do and, and that is a different type of fight. And so, you know, we got to understand, paying people back on their investment of both their dollars and investing in the campaign and their vote is something that I'm very serious about and want to, and, and want to execute.
1: Well, Hill Harper, listen, we have a fight ahead of us.
3: We got a fight, y'all. It is fight. a real fight.
1: And he's not a mudslinger, so I don't know what's going to end yeah, up happening. I don't know. You guys got to <laughs> tell me what to do. Dirty. I'm not a
3: mudslinger, so but they keep slinging mud at me. And I and I, I guess, I'm listen, to I'm about... Heart,
1: like, it's really, really it's difficult hard. just oh. to see somebody who has genuine good intentions have to deal with something like this because you, it, you'd be naive to think that certain things aren't going to happen. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, It's gonna be it's it's it's
3: it's wild, but listen, if the people are with me, and and I and and God's with me. I mean, that's the thing. That's the beautiful thing is that, you know, I have faith that when you do the right thing and you work as hard as you can, then the right things will happen, and and that's and that's the beautiful thing. And I don't know how. I don't know in what way, because literally the establishment is trying to stop me. Right. The whole and these are folks I carried water for the Democratic Party, going all over the country, being a surrogate. Uh, I've I've done voter registration all over the country. I've I've shown up for their candidates historically. And the fact that they are working so hard to stop me has made me really take a step back and say, "Well, what am I representing that's mm-hmm. so threatening to to the the establishment?" Right. And we and and and, and hopefully that encourages people to support because. There's something going
1: on. And I always think it's, it's important for people who are not part of the establishment that's been around for decades and decades with uh, fresh ideas. With wanting to actually just do the right thing and somebody who's a small business owner, who's a union member, you know, who understands these things from the people's point of view. I think that's important. A single father. Exactly. All of these. All of those
3: things are not represented in the U.S. Senate right now. Mm -hmm. There's no union member, very few small business owners, and there's nobody who has a school age child. And so how does that impact the way they make decisions? I mean, it's so but most people out there. Are represent their workers. They aren't high pay workers. They're regular workers and their parents, uh, and, and, in many cases, single parents. And they're trying to do the right thing for their kids. They're trying to figure it out, and they're just trying. Maybe they want to start a business. These are things that I think are critical, and you, folks need representation in the room. They need people that are going to fight for them, and I want to be that person.
1: And people who are accessible. One of the main things yes. that's always important to me is, can I reach out? Because we're never going to agree with with anything. Uh, with everything, everything that anybody, does. yeah. That's so, true. but can I have a conversation? Can I yes. be involved? And I think that's important too. So.
3: I think that's critical, and yeah. and, and and that's why um, I roll the way I roll. Mm-hmm. People say I'm too
1: accessible.
3: Yeah. <laughs> they say, <laughs> man, you better, you better, don't yeah, be so like, like <laughs> What are you doing, are you here? doing? exactly? <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like <laughs> yesterday I was at the Lions tailgate, and it was crazy walking around. It was great, and people were like, man, you just out here with no security. I'm like, man, what? I don't need security well, because we got love. No, <laughs> no, it's real. It's real. I got love in my heart. People got love in their heart for me. And that's the beautiful thing about it. And and so, you know, and you're right. Sometimes you can run into some people that are unstable, whatever. Everybody but,
1: does not have love in their heart. I just yeah, want to yeah, say yeah, that. Everybody,
3: but, but, but listen, I don't live that way. That's the thing. Let's bring
1: a friend. Bring I, have, I, you know, you. You don't I got people.
3: I, I, I live. I live. I live in a way that I believe that love wins. I believe that empathy wins. I believe that being there for somebody and supporting wins. And sure, there's situations where people show up, they got ill intent, but I still believe because I have to live that way. Because as soon as I let them start changing me, Mm -hmm. then I know my magic's gone. Because all my magic is, is being me. And being that positive, I'll go up to everybody and hug them. You're right. Somebody could pull a shank out and stab me in the gut because I'm not looking for a shank. I'm not looking for them to shank me. And so, yes, that could happen. But I have to live my life in a courageous way because that's my magic. And it's always been my magic. And if I let them make me a little hesitant, a little fearful. I'm not scared to go into any neighborhood. I've I, And people are like, man, you could be comfortable in the White House, you could be comfortable on the block. I can be comfortable everywhere because I got love for people. That's, and so I'm not afraid to that's go anywhere.
2: power. Yeah. And you're reminding people of their power, and I know there are people out there in Detroit, and again, I repeat, you have the biggest black population of any City in the nation, and that's no represent black representation. Let's represent, yeah. Vote so get okay.
1: out. You have the power.
2: Because
3: The main
1: thing is this. people take for granted. They might think, oh, well, they're not going to vote anyway. So yes. who cares about yes, addressing this community? But on. when you get out there and vote and can come together, and even the money can piece. huge changes. They think they find think find that Hill Harper,
3: oh, he's super rich. He could just write a check for his own campaign. I heard somebody say that. I'm like, yo, I'm an actor who's been <laughs> working. You know this. You know you see. They, oh, you make twenty million dollars a movie. I'm like, come on, dude. I mean, you know, that's not the way the funny, normal act is... Yeah, there can it's be it's years it's between it's movies. It's
2: it.
3: listen, well, listen. I saw people
1: mad at Oprah and The Rock for um, raising money for the Maui wildfires. They donated $5 million to start the fund, but then people were like, well, why didn't they just pay the whole thing? Oh, why did they God. start a, a, you know, a fundraiser? But they want to make sure that they're able to support people. And listen, they're not obligated to even do that, but bringing attention and awareness uh, to something was such a huge thing. So, yeah. no, I, I feel like... Um, you know the support of people donating five dollars, ten
3: dollars. It it's goes a huge. long way to it's have huge. a lot of people. Even do if that. it's two dollars, and someone says, Hill you know, Someone came up to me and they said, "Listen, I'm gonna go down my my my." Uh, the network in my phone. And I'm just gonna send the send the link and just ask them to give two dollars. I'm like, you. That's a blessing. Hundred mm-hmm. people. All of a sudden, that that turns into something because that's what a m- movements start with people and small dollar donations that spread, and then all of a sudden it becomes big enough to to, to actually. Because we don't have a, a a history of political giving in our community. There are communities out there that have been able to they've been able to see the return on their investment. So they're like, listen. Every time somebody that supports me, my ideals, runs, I, off the jump I'm giving them $3,300 which is right. like the max for the primary. There are communities where they do that. We don't have that history in our community and that's okay but we we can still do $2, $5, $10 and that's huge. So please go to hillharper.com. And I was going to
2: say where can people donate to? <laughs>
3: hillharper.com backslash donate or just go to hillharper.com it'll pop up. You know $2 uh, giving $5 every month for the next 11 months is huge. We are building a movement y'all. Hillharper.com I yeah, love everybody. And you can
1: see where he does have fundraiser events too because I know you have a lot coming up yes. so you guys make sure you go if you want to meet him That's right. see him in person it
3: can you can see me happen. on the streets of New York by myself <laughs> if, if I'm in New York and see me on streets the streets, streets of Detroit, of Detroit by sure. myself streets of Pontiac streets of Grand Rapids streets of Flint <laughs> I was in Flint yesterday during there lost my voice I was at a church uh, in Flint and, and I, my voice go go. go, go, go. so uh, I love love everybody thank you so much for the support
1: alright Hill Harper thank you so much Happy- way up That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today.
0: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.